Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our Connecting Conversations this evening as we journey with uh, Delma Lovell, who has uh, been in ministry with in Bundaberg. And uh, Delma is now studying for full-time ministry in, uh, she's in Trinity College in Queen in, in Queensland. Of course, it's Queensland in Durban. <laughs> Welcome, Delma. It's so lovely to see you and lovely to have you with us. Thank you, Stuart. It's lovely to be there. Great. Be with everyone tonight. Fantastic. How's Brisbane this evening? Ah, it's been a very cool day. The wind has been quite chilly and very strong. Mm. Right. A good day to be inside. <laughs> right. Delma, um, welcome, as I said, and uh, I wonder, there was just a very short introduction from myself, but um, can you give us a little bit of introduction for those who don't know you? Uh, tell us a little bit about your, yourself, your family, your work, your, your interests, your hobby. How's... Well, I grew up on a dairy farm to start at the beginning, but I won't make it too long. Um, with six brothers and four sisters, and I moved to Bundab we moved to Bundaberg in 1976 um, with my mum and dad and my three younger brothers. I'm divorced and I've got two adult daughters, um, one son-in-law and two beautiful granddaughters aged five and two. I've worked in retail, um, a partner in a tip-top bread distributorship, um, done office admin in insurance assessing and for civil engineers, um, worked for Lifeline and volunteered in the Lifeline telephone crisis support, uh, also Uniting Care Community. Weight Watchers, um, but I was also a partner in a sugarcane farm and a cane harvesting partnership for over 20 years. So, of course, I didn't do all those things one at a time. Some of those overlapped and <laughs> had a few jobs at right. once. Um, my last role was as Supply Minister at Begara and Bernard Heads Uniting Churches um, from August 2015 to March 2018. Um, I looked after the Bundaberg Church as well uh, for a couple of months while we waited for you to come from South Africa. Uh, we had quite a wait there, um, yep. but I was fortunate to be the one who got to chauffeur you and Debbie around the three churches nearly four years ago. It's coming up to four years, isn't it? Can you yeah. believe it? Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I've been studying full-time since February 2018, um, received my diploma in ministry in May last year, and I finished my Bachelor of Ministry in November this year. Um, my interests are, of course, studying, um, reading, walking, visiting botanic gardens, um, listening to music, spending time with my family. Um, and another one is since 2012, I volunteered for Chorus Outside for Women, um, an interdenominational ministry uh, that supports women who have been impacted by someone's imprisonment. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Delma. Yes, and uh, you were the first smiling face that we saw as we drove into Bundaberg. And uh, I'll have to... I have to confess out to everybody that uh, we made you wait for about two hours because we took the wrong turn uh, <laughs> to try to get to you. But uh, but it was lovely. Thank you for all that you did, Delma. Just um, before we uh, get into some of the details of the sermon, I know that a lot of the folks at uh, Bundaberg and at the coast, um, Bernard Heads, would would love to know how things are going with your studies. Where are you in the journey and um, 
and and uh, how long to go still before you get ordained and all of that sort of thing. Can you can you fill us in briefly? Uh, yes. So uh, 2018, I went uh, finished my period of discernment and uh, went through the process of before church council, the presbytery and synod selection panel, um, and I was accepted as a candidate. Uh, since then, I've completed um, a lot of training for ministry, including my Bachelor of Ministry studies. And I've spent considerable time last year exploring um, the Uniting Aboriginal and Islander Christian Congress and got to do a walk on country at North Stradbroke. Um, good place to do it, isn't it, last year? Wonderful. Um, and I'm just commencing forming my ministry profile, um, which will be presented to the placements committee so that I can be considered for a ministry placement um, early next year. Fantastic. And uh, from from the time you get into a placement to um, ordination or completion, how, how long is that? Um, I think it sort of happens at the same time. Oh, okay. Um, Yes, yes, once you're accepted into, um, my understanding anyway, into a permanent placement, um, ordination is part of that process or, and the induction. Great, mm. great. Time well, will you tell. May, <laughs> time will tell. <laughs> True. You, you may be all the way down in Brisbane, but you're never far from our hearts and from our prayers, and, uh, and uh, it's great that we can chat this evening. Thank Delma, you. Delma, the... Um, the Sunday sermon was on, it was Pentecost Sunday, first of all, and uh, um, I wondered if you could maybe just share with us uh, a little bit of your of how the Spirit spoke to you and, and, and drew you into, into faith and into, into ministry. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, I was going through the mess of separation and divorce um, and property settlement, which was taking its toll on me. Things weren't going so great in my life. Um, I wasn't brought up in the church, though I had contact with a lot of Christians um, through my life. I felt a definite call to attend church in January 2011, um, which isn't that long ago. Uh, I had never been to church other than weddings and funerals and a couple of baptisms. Um, I had been married in the um, Broland Street Uniting Church okay. and had been um by that time, I'd been volunteering for Lifeline as a crisis supporter and was working for Lifeline, Uniting Care Community, when I felt a strong urge to go to church. So I had a few promptings along that way over a few months um, right. before I actually plucked up the courage to turn up to the Saturday night congregation. We had a Saturday night back then, um, which was good. It was a small congregation and they were very welcoming. Um, and, you know, they have been very supportive of me um, in through these years. Um, I kept going to church and was baptised and confirmed in July 2012. And mm -hmm. my life has never been the same since. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, left, I left Lifeline in 2013. Um, and in 2014, I got very excited when I saw an advertisement in the church notices um, about a course the Uniting Church was doing in Brisbane um, to learn more about theology. And I inquired straight away and signed up for the course. Uh, it was an intensive. And I've, once I started doing it, I found out it was actually part of the lay preachers course. 
So I thought, well, I might as well try my hand at writing and presenting a sermon. Surely everyone's got one sermon they can write and present. <laughs> <laughs> Not thinking I'd ever be able to write one or anything, but uh, and it just snowballed from there. Um, in 2015, surprisingly, I was approached to do um, six months supply ministry at Bagara and Bernard Heads churches. And I said yes, I didn't even actually hesitate. <laughs> um, not having a clue what I was getting myself into. Um, it was a challenging time, but I so loved the people and grieved when I left. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Delma. We've um, we've gone two weeks into into the sermon series on the soul, and both last week and this week I've spoken about uh, how much the soul is part of. Our language and and life, even for for non Christians, it it, it um, there's mm. concepts, there's figures of speech, even just today or yesterday, I wrote on on Facebook and caught myself saying something about music speaking to the soul. Um, <laughs> but uh, how have you understood uh, the soul, or what does the term soul mean for you? I don't know whether I definitely actually given it that much thought about my soul specifically um, before your sermon series. I would okay. have read, you know, different bits about it, but not actually just sat and contemplated on it. Um, so I've really enjoyed your sermon series because it has given me some aha moments <laughs> of, well, that does make so much sense. Hey? <laughs> um, for me, the soul, I suppose, is the essence of me, um, of the person I am as a child of God, the part of me that yearns to be filled, to be connected to God, which is using some of your words from the sermon. <laughs> mm. well, I, well, I love that. The, the essence of yeah. you is, um, that's yeah. beautiful. That's, that's, really, that's really fantastic. Um, we looked at what, uh, I mean, Dallas Willard, he says that the soul is, um, it's that which it, it really, it is the essence of us. It integrates body, mind, oh. spirit, will with the heart of God. And um, and it's that part of us that seeks to keep everything uh, connected to God. How does that, how does that explanation um, work for you as a minister in terms of your own experience of working with people? I think it's a good um, explanation. When your body, mind and will integrates with the heart of God, then there is an internal peace that you may be where God is calling you to be. Um, as the psalmist says, all is well with my soul. And I think that is says a lot. The trouble is getting to that place, particularly in the environment we've found ourselves in this year. Sometimes we can fight against what God wants us to do and we can cause ourselves a lot of anxiety and heartache and grief um, instead of looking to God for our needs and following the path of Jesus we can hunger for the things of the world that may give temporary comfort and I'm thinking of you know like Facebook um, yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> which is something I've found I've had to contend with uh, this year particularly um, but not you know, not for that um, eternal peace, that internal peace that only God gives us. Right. We can look to that's, the things of the world. Mm. That sense of um, that sense of harmony that he that he speaks about. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. And when we looked at, I mean, that would um, that would certainly resonate with the the idea of the healthy soul that um, we spoke about um, on Sunday. 
And um, that's really what Sunday was about, trying to look at what what are we aiming at when, we, when we're saying we want to have a, a healthy soul. And it's that sense of, mm. of integration. But like I said on Sunday, part of, part of understanding that is knowing what makes a soul unhealthy and what disintegrates uh, the soul. And uh, we looked at a little bit of, of sin causing body, mind, and, 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 and a world to be at odds with itself and at odds with God. Um, in your life and ministry, Dalma, can you share with us when, when you've seen the effects of, um, of disintegration or perhaps uh, seen, seen a soul that is disconnected from the will of God? And, and how did that impact you? Well, I suppose I can use myself as an example. Um, I think at times this year with the impact of coronavirus, I've at times felt a disintegration of my soul um, and disconnected from the will of God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been a challenging time, um, and I'm sure a lot of people have had similar um, things this year where, you know, one minute life was all mapped out for the year um, and plans, things were going to happen, and next minute that all changed and nothing was certain anymore. Every part of my life had changed um, or come to a grinding halt. Right. Uh, there was an angst, a feeling I should be doing something, Um but because of my circumstances, I didn't know what I could do other than concentrate on my studies. Sort of feeling like I should be out there doing something, um, you know, saving the world or something. Isn't that what we're meant to do? Step in yeah. <laughs> and feeling yeah. like, no. Um, yeah, so it was sort of reassessing. Um, so it was time to stop, slow down and pray about the things I might be able to still do where I am with what I have. Um, and there was that feeling that I should have been out saving the world but not spending time in my room studying. Yeah. And I really admired Bundaberg, how Andy's place has kept going um, through all of this. Mm. Yeah, that, that's, that's been fantastic to see them continually working, yeah. Out, um, yeah. working out ways uh, of, of doing that. Um, oh. There's a, a comment which says, we're not always good at taking rest and stillness um, from Denise, and that's... Uh, <laughs> That would certainly be the truth, and um, in fact, uh, yes. one of one of the things that uh, Dallas Willard actually says in terms of having an integrated soul is that we have to learn to stop um, hurry, to stop you know trying to fill everything, um, which uh, which is interesting. It fits in with your with your um, with that sense of disharmony. Thanks, thanks for sharing that with us um, with us, Delma. Um, I also spoke on Sunday about the Spirit integrating us all and about that God-given ache for goodness. And, and maybe that comes in a bit to what you were saying about, about looking for that sense of harmony. Um, but that, uh, that kind of God-given ache, when I read that phrase in the book, it really just connected with me, um, where we see the soul that we are, but we also know the soul that we, we want to be. Um, and that ache is the beginning of the healing. Has there been a time in your life where um, that you can share with us where, where you've experienced that kind of God-given ache um, other than what you've just said now? Or elaborating on what you've just said now? Um, well, yes. The, the actual call to coming to church was to – I felt um, I didn't have an inner peace. And um, – so I always felt that when I walked into a church, 
you know, the times that I had been there for the different, you know, um, weddings and that sort of thing, just sitting okay. in a church, that sense of, I don't know, that peace, um, yeah, that it was a sacred place. So, so you felt that sense of peace when you went into the church? Is that what you say? Yes. You know, as you're sitting there and you're waiting for the the service that you're there for to start and that just sitting there and that just that, that feeling, um, yeah, that you're in where God was. Mm. Gosh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. That's, um, that's beautiful to hear, Delma. And uh, it's amazing how... You know, we we often pray as ministers that people would experience the spirit as they come in. Um, but that's exactly what you're talking about. That uh, even the place brings a sense of that um, that God-given ache of what there could oh. be. Hmm. Yeah, Delma. Just to um, uh, we um, I spoke on Sunday, getting to some of the some of the actual points of um, the spirit prioritizing the soul and ordering the soul, and uh, that's where I spoke about the sense of idolatry and how we often think of idolatry as kind of just the the golden calf in the desert, and uh, it's actually so much more subtle than that and creeps into our lives so easily. Mm. Um, and idolatry is really anything where we fill the need in our souls by putting something ahead of uh, something ahead of God. Um, wow. I read out a few statements from uh, from the book in the sermon where um, you know he speaks about money or winning the lottery or you know that um, not being willing to give things up. What do you think are the biggest idols for society today, Delma? What is um, what do you think we're in? What do you think we're in the most danger of prioritizing above God? Well, I did research to find actually where it was in the Bible. Um, and I think First Timothy uh, chapter 6, verses 9 to 10 says it well. Um, it's where Paul says, But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmless desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. So to me, the, the need for power, prestige, possessions, the best money can buy. Um, whilst children, are, to me, children are dying every day from unclean water and no food. It just, you know, um, life, yeah, yeah, the balance of life and... Um, yeah, what is important. And I, I think the coronavirus um, causing the world to stop. Um, people are realising that people are important, I think, Absolutely. more than possessions. Yeah. Mm. It's it's interesting that you mentioned that, Delma, and particularly the whole thing of, of, of money. I saw a thing the other day where the coronavirus, they, they listed the the, the thing that's causing the most deaths of people in the world. And obviously, at the moment, it's coronavirus. But a very close second, the thing that's supposed to, well, that has been number one for years and years and years, is malnutrition, which kills uh, oh. so, many, so many thousands of, of hungry people every day. But the world sort of only directs its attention now to coronavirus when it affects everybody. It's almost like 
for for a large portion of the time what's out of sight is out of mind you know and maybe you know we, we don't want to put our money into into necessarily the whole or not our money but our collective intellect into solving malnutrition which is probably solvable mm. or lack of fresh water uh, clean water yeah mm. yeah because the i mean part of sunday said sometimes the sin is not what we do, but what we don't do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. jumping. I'm jumping back a bit, a bit. But how do you think <laughs> we as Christians can? Um, how how can we as Christians avoid the subtle sins of of doing or not doing? Oh. Because it is so I don't subtle. Know uh, yeah, it is so subtle. I'm. I think we're the problem is we live in a world where there's so much advertising. Um, you know, even talking about Facebook, it's got advertising on there as well. So everywhere you go is advertising. Even, you know, you look at children's clothing, um, they're all brand, you know, they, they advertise like it might be the Wiggles or the, um, you know, the movie Frozen or whatever. Yeah. And that starts right from babies and all the way through and even, you know, lunch boxes, drink. You know, everything's got got it on. So there's marketing geared um, everywhere you look. And that's um, – so there's that subtle thing happening, you know, every moment of our lives virtually, unless we're actually yes. sitting and reading a physical book and not doing anything else, I mean, or out in nature and not looking at our phone or something. But we've always got something um, bombarding us. Mm trying to sell something to us that, you know, those things will make our lives better and um, we'll be so much happier if we buy them. And yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's a, it's a <laughs> continual sense of, um, of we being told not to be satisfied with what we have or um, you mm. know, that there's always something more to, to get. Uh, John, yes. John Ortberg coined the phrase positive passion. Um, when when I spoke about repentance on Sunday, and how Zacchaeus has a uh, he he gets rid of one thing, but he has to to repent is to turn away and turn to um, something else. Um, what's your experience of that, Dama? Why why is it difficult to find a positive passion in God? I think that's a good question. Um, maybe because we have got so much um, impacting us. I was actually um, reading, I've actually been reading through Acts at the moment and I was just reading today um, about um, Saul and Barnabas. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit had come on the others to um, lay hands on them and send yes. them out in ministry. And <laughs> you know, all these ones in the early church, they were so passionate and they would end up in jail and all sorts of things and they were happy <laughs> because they had been persecuted for, um, you know, for, for God mm. and because okay. they believed in Jesus, that he was the one that had been sent, um, you know, to, to show them that there was a different way to live. This is what how God wanted them to do it, not that way, um, following mm. all the rules and that sort of thing. True. But to love people, mm. even the Gentiles, and, you know, spread the message to the Gentiles. They were happy to get that message. Yes, yeah. 
Oh, I wonder if, you know, when you speak about the desire for posit, um, for material things and, and not being satisfied, you wonder if it doesn't also connect with the difficulty and a positive passion for God because God doesn't necessarily give you physical things. You know, it's not something you can mm. get. Sort of stuck in your... You've, you've got to mo yes. motivate it, yeah. Delma, mm. tell me... Um, mm. The last uh, point in the sermon was how the Spirit actually satisfies the soul. And we saw at Pentecost there was such clear evidence of souls that were, were satisfied and that were integrated and worshipping and meeting with God. Um, can you share with us a time where that sense of integration and satisfaction and harmony with God has just been so real for you? Just sort of stop and think about that. Um, and, and it made me think of a, a time recently um, when I had a family member in hospital here and had a major operation. And at the time, I was so busy doing my assignments that my assignment that I had that as my major focus and not I could actually go and visit him maybe and because he had no one else to visit him and he could only have a visitor for one hour um, each day, one visitor. Um, so I had to really stop and say to myself, well, that's not right. Um, you know, afterwards I really had paused the thought of that's not what God would have wanted me to do. He would have okay. wanted me to say, well, God would have wanted me to say, okay, the assignment doesn't matter if it's maybe, you know, um, not quite as good or not on time, but it was important to go and visit him. So for me, it was when I actually did visit him um, and I got to visit him three times, that sense of that wholeness, that, that mm. peace, that this is what I'm. God was wanting me to do and I was doing that. So for me, I, I think it's more the when I'm actually doing things for other people, not you know, um, you can get a bit of it with, you know, reading the Bible and, and spending time with God and in the Word, but also in that doing um, and being with other people. Um, and it made me think of, you know, like conducting a, um, a funeral. Um, right. and I was blessed to be able to do uh, quite a few of those when I was in ministry and to be able to spend that time um, with people in the lead up to the funeral and afterwards and during. Um, yeah, so it's more of those sort of things and, you know, some of the volunteering I do, but it might just be where do it, just doing something for other people where there's that feeling that this is what God is calling me to do at this time, doing that particular thing. Yeah. Well, that, that is beautiful and it resonates with, uh, with the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God and love your neighbour. And um, as I said on, the, I think, two weeks ago, um, Jesus says, what you do to the least of these, you, you're doing to me. Um, and so, yeah, you, when you serve God, that brings that sense of wholeness. How beautiful is that? That's incredible. Oh, Delma, I, I'm continually amazed at how quickly half an hour disappears in the uh, interviews. But um, any, any final thoughts for you on the sermon or on the, on the concept of souls and, and uh, integration? Any comments you wanted to pick up on? Um, well, I did take a lot of notes. I could check through your notes. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but to me, it just all makes sense. And um, 
you know, it was things like, yeah, just that how we can so disintegrate our soul um, mm. by not doing, you know, um, and connecting with God and God's will um, and listening to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, which is easier easier said than done to listen to the spirit. Often it's only after, you know, afterwards we reflect that we might find that we actually, oh, with that I was doing what God wanted me to do because that just was so right that I did that. Mm. Awesome. Well, Delma, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be with us this evening. Thank you for sharing with us and being honest and open, and uh, and that just uh, makes these connecting conversations so much more of a connection. And uh, we appreciate that. And um, may God bless you in your ministry, and we continue to uh, keep you in our prayers as you journey towards ordination. Thank you, Stuart. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Friends, it's uh, been a lovely conversation with Delma. Thank you so much uh, to her, and thank you to all of those who have commented and been part of the conversation. It's lovely to have you watching with us. And uh, please remember, feel free to drop questions into the comments in these connecting conversations. Uh, this has um, been a very insightful time, and we look forward to seeing you again with another special guest next week. God bless, and have a lovely evening.